0: Now, we are in a message series called Identity Theft, taking back what the enemy has stolen. And last week, I focused heavily on men. And I owe you guys an apology because at some point in that message, I lied to you. I said, this is going to be a quick message. Turns out it wasn't so quick. My bad. But, you know, the Lord started talking through me. So I had to let him do what he wanted to do. So that 45 minutes, hopefully it felt like it was short. But, uh, yeah, I apologize for telling a little fibby fib there. Um, anyway, we were talking about men and we looked at uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, where it says to be watchful, to stand firm in your faith, to act like men, to be strong and to let everything that you do be done in love. Because I believe that's the essence of what God wants for us as men. Today, we are going to focus On Ladies and I have some very special guests who are going to be joining me in just a moment It's actually an interview that I did with some very special ladies that I can't wait for you to hear Because I believe that you're going to be blessed by it And so today this part of the message is going to be short You have my word on that It's going to be short because I can't wait to get these two ladies in front of you So you can hear their heart and hear what God has laid on their heart For you ladies here at Seven Cities Church Now, before we get to them, though, I do want to spend a little bit of time talking with you just about who we are in Christ or who we were created to be. And this thief that we were introduced to last week, this thief that has come to steal, kill and destroy. Now, Scripture tells us and you can turn there if you like in Genesis chapter one in verse 26, he gives us a layout of who we were created to be. This is God talking. And he said, then let us make man in our image after our likeness. The earth, And so this passage of Scripture is really our template for who we were created to be. God created us male and female. That's who he made us, and he made us in his image and his likeness. And like we talked about last week, that doesn't mean we look like God. It doesn't mean you're going to get to heaven and say, hey, God looks like my Uncle Pete. No, it doesn't work that way. What that really means is that when God created us, he put certain attributes, certain qualities of his character into us. So we are made in his image and his likeness. We have a spirit just like he is spirit. And that's why scripture says that those who worship him must worship him in spirit. And in truth, you have to be spiritually alive to truly worship the Lord. God created us in his image and his likeness, and he gave us dominion over the earth. Dominion equals responsibility plus authority. We have authority over the things of this world and we have a responsibility to care for them. And then like we discussed last week, we got introduced to this character, the serpent who came into the garden and deceived Eve. And we're going to talk about that a little more in just a little bit, but something happened in that moment. The thief came in and he stole our dominion. He tried to kill our relationship with God and he tried to destroy that image that we were created in, that likeness that we were created in. And that's left us with this problem, this problem called sin. And sin has entered in and sin has stolen from us what God originally created us to be in his created in his image and likeness and created with dominion. And so our goal, our purpose is how do we take that back? How do we as children of God take that back? Jesus gives us the answer in John ten ten, where he introduces us to the thief, where he said the thief came to steal, kill and destroy. But then Jesus goes on to say, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So we can have life and have it abundantly in Christ. Jesus is the answer. He is the solution to all of this. He is the way and the reason that we can take back what is rightfully ours. So when Jesus died in our place, when he defeated death, hell and the grave on the cross, when he rose victoriously from that tomb, he made a way for us to regain our dominion and we can become his children uh, covered in his blood, cleansed by his righteousness and therefore be remade in the image And likeness of God. And so that's where we find ourselves today. But what I really want to talk to you about before the ladies come on is this. I want to talk to you a little bit about the tactics that the enemy uses to steal from us. And last week, I said that for men, the main tactic the enemy uses is distraction, that he wants to distract us and keep us so distracted that we can't be watchful, that we can't uh, watch and pray like Jesus told the disciples, that we can't watch and pray for even an hour. He wants to keep us so distracted that we're not focused as he's attacking our marriages and he's attacking our homes and he's attacking our loved ones. He wants to keep our attention on anything and everything but God and what we are called to do. And I think that there's a tactic that he uses on you ladies as well. And we're going to read about this a little bit as we read about the serpent tempting Eve. And so if you could turn with me to Genesis chapter three, we're going to read about this tactic that I believe the enemy uses to attack you ladies and also us men, because these things are general statements. I believe there are some women who are uh, distracted and who are being attacked that way. And just like I believe that there are some men who fall into the trap of what we're going to talk about today. So as you hear these things, realize they are general statements. If I say something that's not you specifically, that's okay, because again, it's a general statement. And if I say something that upsets you, chart it to my head, not my heart. My heart is for you. And as your pastor, I want God's very best for you. So let's look at Genesis chapter three, and we're just going to read verses one through six. And I want to pull something out for you here. And this is the fall. This is man has been created in God's image and likeness, and man is walking with God and everything is perfect in the garden. And then we're introduced to the serpent. God created you. He created male and female. He created you and me in his image and his likeness. Adam and Eve are walking with God in the garden each and every day. And we don't know how long they were in the garden before this happened. We just know that they were in personal relationship with him. And then the serpent comes and the serpent goes to Eve. uh, The serpent goes to Eve and he deceives her. And the way that he deceives her is by getting her to doubt God. He said that God actually say that. And I believe that's one of the tactics that the enemy uses against us. He wants us to doubt God, to not believe in his word. He wants us to look at God's word as though there's other possibilities, as though maybe every word in here doesn't really mean what it says. And I see that happening a lot in our culture. We'll try to twist things and make things say something that they're not uh, because it fits our scenario. But that's not actually what I want to pull out for you today. It's something else. And um, if you keep reading down in verse four, he said, but the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And ladies, here's what I want you to think about. Eve was in the garden. Everything was perfect. Picture yourself standing in this garden. In Every direction that you look, you see trees that you can eat from. All different types of fruit that look good, that taste good, that God has provided for you. Satan convinced Eve to focus on the one thing that she could not have instead of focusing on all the things that she could have. And ladies, I believe that that's what the enemy likes to do to you. I believe that he wants to get you to focus on the one thing that you are not, instead of focusing on all the things that God has created you to be. I was reading a book recently and the author talked about how men and women view themselves differently in the mirror, about how a man can walk past a mirror and if a man can be ugly as sin and big as a house. But if that man happens to walk past the mirror shirtless and he see, and he sneezes and the force of the sneeze causes one little muscle to ripple, he will see that little muscle ripple and he will hold on to that for the rest of the day. And he will walk around like he looks like a Greek God, right? Like I'm Atlas, I'm strong. Look at me. I got this muscle, this one muscle right here. You see it, right? But a woman can look in the mirror and she can be a 9.9 out of 10. And she will focus so much on that 0.1 that she's not, that she misses the 9.9 that she is. Now, again, that may be a generalization and you may be thinking, Jay, that's not me. You may be a guy and you may be hearing this and say, Jay, I'm more like the woman than the guy in that scenario. Like I pick out every little flaw and that's okay. These are generalizations. But ladies, what I really want you to think about is this. Don't let Satan trick you into focusing on the one thing that you're not. Trust in God's word and believe in all the things that God says that you are. You are a good mom. Don't compare yourself to other moms. And that's really the tactic that I wanna get to. Satan uses comparison to make you focus on that. He will have you comparing yourself to every other mom, every other woman that's out there. And you'll look at another woman and you'll say, she's more successful to me uh, because I'm a stay-at-home mom and she has a career. No, she's not more successful to you. You're doing what God called you to do. And if you're doing that well, if you're doing that with excellence, that's what you need to focus on. You can be the best stay-at-home mom that's ever walked the face of this planet. And I promise you, the impact and the emphasis that you have in the lives of your children will mean more to you down the road than anything else you could have ever accomplished you may look in the mirror and you think to yourself I'm not as beautiful as someone else but you are fearfully and wonderfully made God made you on purpose and for a purpose and I don't want to steal too much of what you may hear from the heart of our ladies but just hear me in saying this don't allow the enemy to use comparison to get you to focus on the few things that you're not trust in God's Word focus on all the things that you were created to be in Christ God made you for a purpose you are good enough You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You don't need to compare yourself to anyone and everyone else. Do and be what God called you to do and created you to be. Now, like I said, and I know I keep saying this in a minute, you're going to hear from two ladies that I think are going to just bring you a different perspective, some wisdom, because honestly, I'm not a I'm not a woman. I don't know if you noticed, but I'm not. I'm not a woman. And so maybe I don't understand these things fully. I do understand God's word and I know what he says about you and I know who he says he created you to be. But we really wanted you to hear from from some ladies in our church who could relate to you, who could who could talk to you in a perspective that I can and that Pastor Brian can't because they live what you live. They are women. They understand where you are coming from. But again, before we get to them, I just want to reiterate to you. Don't focus so much on what you're not. Focus on all that God has created you to be. You know, if you ever find yourself in, your, in a situation where you're like, I don't I'm comparing myself to the wrong things. Read Proverbs 31. Look, there's a woman there in Proverbs 31, and it's an interesting chapter because it's written by a man named Lemuel. But what he's writing in Proverbs 31 is, is not his own words. It's just It's interesting because on Mother's Day, if you read that chapter, what you're reading is the words of a mother passed on to her son. It's a woman who's saying, son, that when you look for a wife, look for a woman with these qualities. And this woman that's listed there, she's strong. She's successful. She's independent. She's generous. She's faithful to God. She's faithful to her family. She works hard. Those are qualities, women, that I would say that you should look for as your measuring stick. See, comparison can be a tricky thing because comparison isn't always bad. I do believe that there are some times that we need to compare. You know, one, I just got a Peloton bike and yeah, I joined the Peloton cult. It's all good. Pray for me, though, because I've become a little bit of a junkie on it. But I just got a Peloton. And one of the things that they do is, as I'm riding my bike to the right side of the screen. There's this thing they call the leaderboard and it's everyone there and what their output is, how fast they're riding. You know, all that kind of stuff that that tells you how much energy they're putting out. And the goal is to get to the top of the leaderboard. Well, I compare myself against that leaderboard every time I ride. And it's a good comparison because it motivates me to do better. The problem with comparison is when we we start to internalize it the wrong way, when we start to think that we're not good enough or that we're not enough in general, that God hasn't made us enough because we can't measure up to someone else. And so what I would really encourage you to do is, is as you compare, make sure you're using the right measuring stick. Don't compare yourself to what the world says about a woman. Compare yourself to what God's word says about a woman. And again, Proverbs 31 is a great place to start as you can read and see a woman again who is strong, who's generous, who's faithful, a woman who loves the Lord and who loves her family and just see what scripture says about that type of woman and measure yourself against that. Ask yourself those questions. Am I strong? Am I faithful? Do I love God with all my heart? Do I love my family? Because God made you on purpose and for a purpose. And don't get caught up in the idea that, that you are not enough or that you're not good enough. Trust in God, trust in his word and believe that what his word says about you is true. Amen. Amen. All right. So without further ado, we're about to hear from two very special ladies. I'm a little bit biased because I'm married to one of them and Pastor Brian's married to the other. But I'm going to just transition right over to them. Now, I will tell you, you may need to turn your TV up just a little bit because both of these ladies are soft spoken. They don't talk quite as loud as I do. So you may have to to bump your TV or, or your phone up just a little bit volume wise. But make sure, ladies and men, Listen to this. Listen to the wisdom that you're about to hear from these two ladies. Take notes. uh, Capture all of this, because I promise you it's going to be a blessing. And then when they're done, I will be right back with you. Let's go. All right, church fam, we are here with the lovely Mrs. Kristen Wood and my beautiful bride Rashida Blizzard. And I told you we had some very special guests for you. And so here they are as we talk about women and God's identity for women here on Mother's Day. So first of all, ladies, happy Mother's Day. You Um, you both are are wonderful moms and we're so appreciative of that. Now, I'm going to brag on them just a little bit. One thing that you guys may not know is that Seven Cities Church is really made possible, first of all, through God, but also because of these two ladies. Uh, When Pastor Brian and I went to them and said, hey, we have this idea. This is what we're thinking. uh, Had they both been like, oh, no, (laughs) We probably wouldn't be here today because, you know, we need our wives to be on board with what's happening and we, and we need to be on board with what they're doing in their lives. But both of these ladies stepped up to the call that God had and have made just tremendous contributions to our church. Um, and I know that they pray for you guys. They love you guys and just can't wait to see what God is going to do in you and through you. Uh, but that's not the reason we're here today. I did just want to brag on them a little bit, though. We're here to talk about women. And I figure since we were talking about women and I'm obviously not one. Who better to have talked to you about this than your pastor's wives? So here we go. Ladies, I have some questions for you guys um, that I have here on my trusty phone. Yeah, I'm holding my phone. Don't use your phone in church, but I'm going to use mine today. But um, I have some questions for you guys that I'm just kind of going to go through for you and go through with you. And just really want to hear your hearts so on. it. Is that cool? Mm-hmm. All right. Don't be nervous. I promise I won't ask you anything strange. You won't have to divulge too many details about anything like that. Uh, just want to hear your heart on some things, and so Kristen, I'm actually going to start with you. Okay. All right. When you hear the word "woman," who comes to mind for you?
1: Hmm. Probably my grandmother. Um, she, I didn't really grow up in church, but whenever I was with her, and we were always in church, and um, she was a single mom, hmm. um, and and raised two great girls, and um, is always put God first. So um, I don't ever really see her or hear of her doing anything, um, that is not Christ centered.
0: Gotcha. Um,
1: and so when I think of, you know, a woman, I think of my grandmother.
0: Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. Rashida, my question for you is who has been the most influential woman in your life?
2: Um, me and Kristen actually had the same answer. <laughs> um, <laughs> it would be my grandma. So. Yeah. Different grandma. <laughs> so, um, it would be my grandma. She raised me and, um, She's just she was an amazing woman, very resilient. Has had a lot of life experience, um, plenty of testimonies, relationship-wise, marital, um, and everything that she did, she did with grace and resilience. Um, you know, she's seen a lot of things, and I was right there with her to see how she handled those things. So, um, it would be her.
0: And that's awesome. That's awesome. And you guys know if you've heard my story, I was raised by my great grandmother, so. Grandmothers, this should encourage you about the impact that you have on lives. Just because your kids are grown and now you feel like you've kind of transitioned into another phase of life, you can still have so much impact uh, on your families and on your loved ones. So keep doing what you're doing, grandmas, because as you can see, there's a lot of impact that's been had just even here at this table. So that's awesome. All right, so the next question, Kristen. And actually, I'm going to throw this out to both of you. And I'll let you decide who answers first on this one. Okay. <laughs> All right. So if you could go back to 16-year-old you. Think about 16-year-old you walking down the halls of the high school, Miss Popular, right? 16-year-old you. What advice would you give yourself about being a woman?
2: I can do it. <laughs> um, so 16-year-old me, I would encourage myself to embrace God Don't run from God. Don't put God on the back burner. Just embrace it and take it all in. Um, You know, you get wrapped up in high school things and you said being popular. Um, Just really focusing on God and incorporating that into that high school lifestyle, even with just simple things like meditation um, and, and making quiet time for him to enter your heart, um, and still having fun, you know, and living life, but, um, just don't run away from God. Embrace God. Cool.
0: What about you, Miss Kristen?
1: Um, I feel like at 16, I was probably going through an identity crisis. So, um, I definitely think looking back now and, um, it's kind of cool because I do have a sister who's graduating high school this year. So I've kind of, you know, got to give her advice, you know, as I'm, you know, yeah. eighteen years difference with her, mm-hmm. um, and I think you know. I'll of course echo everything Rashida said. Keep God first, um, but personally, probably just to love yourself, embrace yourself, um, love yourself in your own skin, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and and be comfortable and confident in who God's called you to be, um, and and who He has, um, you know. Mm yeah, just who
0: he's called you to be and um, just who he's made you to be. Yeah, that's so good. And as I'm sitting here listening to you guys and just thinking, because earlier in the message, I, I talked about how one of the tactics that the enemy uses against us as or against you guys as women is this idea of comparison. Mm-hmm. Like just, you know, sometimes looking at the person in the mirror and thinking, I'm not this or I'm not that, and the enemy will use that comparison tactic uh, to kind of keep you from being the best of who God's created you to be. So Like you said, at 16, maybe having that identity crisis. And then this this, um, idea that we need to focus on God, keep our focus on him because our true identity is found in him. Um, So young ladies, as you're listening to this, whether you're, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16, hear these words. This is wisdom. Keep your focus on God. If you're in that moment where you feel like you're having this identity crisis, be confident in who you are. Be confident in who God made you to be. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God did not make a mistake when he made you. He created you on purpose and for purpose. And listen to the wisdom of these ladies who've been there and done that and who can tell you, like, have confidence in yourself and keep God first. Trust in him. You'll get your true identity from him and then you'll be more confident in who you are in him. So that's cool. I appreciate that, ladies. So let's jump forward a few years um, from 16 year old you to probably what, mid 20s you. Uh, what would you say to yourself as a brand new wife? Like, think about when you got married. What would you say to yourself as a brand new wife? How long have you been married now, Kristen? Um,
1: this year will be
0: 12 years. 12 years. 13 13. <laughs> Ooh. I know y'all just heard Pastor Brian in the background. He here scoping things out, trying to make sure Kristen gets answers that don't make him look bad.
1: 13 wonderful years. 13 wonderful
0: years. And we've been married for 17 wonderful years. Yes, I figured sir. i better answer that one right. Yes, there. There's going to be trouble at the table. Um, so think back, you know, 13 years for you, 17 years for you. What advice would you give to yourself as a brand new wife other than this man crazy run? <laughs> funny. I
1: was actually thinking that. Oh, <laughs> man. Um, I'll start. I, I think for just to put God first. Um, I think Brian and I learned early on um, when we first got married, we tried to, we were kind of not living, you know, with God in the center and you mm-hmm. could definitely tell um, it was a strain on our marriage and, and, our family. We had a young family. And um, so for, I think definitely keep God in the center.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, everything else I think will fall into place.
0: Good. Keep God in the center. It'll fall into place. So for Be me, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: You're tough. You can take it. Um, (laughs) So for me, I'm going to say exercise grace Mm. Um, in everything you do with your husband. Um, Don't have your guard up. He's for you, not against you, Um, no matter what his actions are or. Verbiage is, it's okay to clarify, but exercise grace when listening to him and dealing with him. Handle him with care, mm-hmm. and hopefully he will handle you with care in return. Okay. And don't forget to date. <laughs> that is very important. Um That's what got you there, and continue to keep that up.
0: Yeah, Cool. Y'all, she has had to exercise a lot of grace <laughs> with me. I'm just telling you. I'm not easy to live with, but it's mm-hmm. all good. Um, so, yeah, keep God first. Exercise grace for those of you who are recently married or thinking about getting married. Hold on to that, you know. Mm -hmm. Exercise grace with one another and keep God at the center. If you keep God at the center of your marriage, doesn't mean you're not going to have some little bumpy times or ups and downs, but God will always put you back where you belong, He'll always keep you where you belong if you stay centered on Him. And then just exercise grace with one another, be kind to one another, uh, and you will do well in marriage and in life. So, sitting here, you have what 30 years of combined marriage experience. Uh, so yeah exercise grace keep God first good deal alright so both of you are moms why do both of you have that look on your face like yeah we are it's Mother's Day you're supposed to be excited about this we're moms yay we're moms alright what advice would you give to yourself as a brand new mother Rashida why don't you answer this one first You got me <laughs> got me She's got to exercise grace
2: now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so as a brand new mom, I would say don't get so busy being a mom that you don't incorporate God in that plan. Um, you know, whether it's changing diapers, making playdates, dates, things like that. Um, I know you're worn out, you're tired, and while you're developing relationships with your children and everyone else, still take that time to build a relationship with God. Again, however, whatever form that looks like, whether it's meditation, whether it's going to church, whether it's, you know, uh, talking with a group of friends in a healthy way and still pulling God into that conversation. Um, Just don't get too busy for God because you're busy being a mom. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. Hmm.
0: What about you, Miss Kristen?
1: Um, I would say first of all, it's gonna be okay. You're gonna make <laughs> it through those long nights. <laughs> um, I think um, I would tell myself to make sure you're surrounding. Make sure you surround yourself with um, Christ-like people. Um, you know, people that are gonna be your cheerleaders. They're gonna be your support. Um, I think too often we get wrapped up in trying to do everything on our own and trying to be that super mom that, um, mm-hmm. that the world tells us that we have to be in order to be good enough. Um, so I think, you know, it's allow somebody to come over so you can take a nap, you know, mm-hmm. allows, you know, give people, let other people bless you. Um, cause that's what they, that's what, you know, a lot of people are just wanting to do that. And I think sometimes we get so like wrapped up in, well, if I let them, then it looks like I'm not. I don't know what I'm doing, and you know maybe I'm not good enough for this whole mom thing. Yeah. Um, but you are. You're good enough, and um, you know God's only, God's given you what He's entrusted you with, um, and so embrace that. Have confidence in that.
0: Yeah, God trusted you with that child, right. so trust yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's oof. That's good, y'all. That's good. That'll <laughs> preach. Brian over there taking notes so he can preach on it next week. <laughs> Get him past the Brian. So we're going to jump forward quite a few years now, and this may be a little hard to do, but I'm going to challenge y'all to do this maybe a couple of decades forward. Look back on your life. What do you think you want your legacy as a woman to be, not just as a mom or a wife, or, but just your legacy as a woman? What, what legacy do you want to leave, leave behind for your daughters uh, and for the women that are watching you now, for those who are looking up to you, those who are hearing this advice today and are gleaning from your wisdom and your knowledge what do you want to look back on it and say? Hey, this is my legacy.
1: You got anything for that? Mm.
2: That's a heavy one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I think I would like my legacy to be one that people remember me for being strong mm-hmm. through any situation. Um, it's okay to it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to cry, um, but seek God and that I exercise grace in the process. Um, not always getting upset. It's okay to be bothered, but (laughs) it's okay to be bothered about something. But again, same way with marriage, just exercising grace in what I do and resilience to get through any circumstance. Um, and just knowing that, Whatever I started, I finished and I did it well. Um, anytime I put my hands in something, I'm very picky about what I do and or participate in because I want it to be done 110%. And I want people to know that if I started it, I finished it and I did it well.
0: Hmm. So, yeah. you. you want to do it with excellence. <laughs> That's a buzzword yes. around here, right? <laughs> yes. Do it with excellence. What about you, Kristen? Legacy time.
1: Oh, um. I think just to keep it simple, I would just like for, you know, to be known as a woman of God and somebody who loved well. Okay. Um, yeah. Just right now, I feel like the world could use so much love and kindness. And so I just want to be um, a person that can um, exude that for others. Hmm. So.
0: You talk about keep it simple. That sounds a lot like the answer Jesus gave about <laughs> the, what's the greatest commandment, to love God and to love your neighbor, right? <laughs> you want to lo- be known as a woman of God and to love well. <laughs> That's Awesome. That's awesome. So do you ladies have any last thoughts that you would like to share with the women who are watching today, whether they're, you know, 15 or 55? What thoughts do you have that you would like to share with them, if any?
2: I'm going to say be positive, stay strong, and in all your actions, remember, someone's watching and God is always watching and he's with you.
1: Um, I would say definitely. Definitely um, young or old, find a mentor find somebody that, um, that can truly, um, talk, speak life into you, speak truth, um, and love, um, someone that you trust. Um, it's just so important to not do life alone. Mm -hmm. And that, especially as a woman, um, just because we have so many, um, you know, societal nor, you know, coming at us and, know everyone's telling us we need to be this we need to be that we need to be this size we need to be that just find somebody that you um that you can trust to speak into your life um and you know go to them be why you know seek wisdom um from from other people so that's probably
0: that's awesome that's awesome great thoughts well i hope you guys have enjoyed this little interview session as much as i have again there's so much wisdom uh here at this table and these two ladies and You know, I know for some for some of us, sometimes you may be thinking or looking at them saying, well, I'm older than them. I know a little bit more. But let me challenge you on this. You can learn so much from people who are younger than you. Um, For those of you who are younger, sometimes you look at situations like this and you're like, hey, I got, you know, 15, 20 years before I'm there. That's not applicable to me. But you can learn from the mistakes that they made. You can learn from the lessons that they've learned from over the years. And this kind of falls into what Kristen was just talking about, having that mentor, that person that you trust that. Uh, can speak life to you. I know there's some young people around me that I've learned a lot from. My son from uh, Caleb Berryman is another one. Pastor Brian's younger than me and I've learned so much from him. And then I have some guys that are older than me that I learned from as well and they kind of poured into my life. So I hope that this time has been a blessing to you that as you heard their hearts, uh, you can see why Pastor Brian and I definitely married up. And, um, and just, yeah, that we're so thankful for them to have them um, not just by our side, but to have them with us in this process as we journey to lead Seven Cities Church and uh, just to see what God is going to do in us and through us. So, yeah, back to Pastor Jay and the message. I'm going back to myself. But, yeah, and he'll close you out. This is going to go pretty quick from here on. He's going to close it out. But uh, But, yeah, thank you guys for watching. Wow. Thank you so much, Kristen and Rashida. Church, I just want you to know I'm so proud of these ladies as they stepped out of their normal comfort zone uh, to share their heart and God's heart with you about what God desires for women. Like well, like, who is a woman? What is a woman? What, what did God create a woman to be? And the fact that you are good enough, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And there were some things that they pointed out in there that I just really want to highlight really quickly, just kind of as a reminder. And guys, again, you can take notes on this, too because I think this all applies to us to a degree as well. And the first thing that jumped out at me was when they talked about keeping God first. They both gave that as an answer multiple times about the importance of keeping God first in your life. God should be the priority and if you keep God first, if you keep him central in your life, then you can take back what the enemy has stolen from you. Remember Jesus in John 10:10 10, 10 said the thief came to steal, kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly, talking about his sheep. And if you want to have that abundant life that Jesus talked about, keep God first. Keep him at the center. Another thing that you can do is have mentors in your life. Have people that pour into you, that pour life into you. You can have a mentor and you can be a mentor to someone else. And I loved it when Kristen talked about that, just having someone in your life that can just pour into you, that can help guide you to life in Christ, and then you can have abundant life, that way as well. Rashida talked about meditating and she said that word a couple of times. And I know sometimes when you hear that word meditate, you almost kind of get this weird picture in your head of, you know, the person sitting crisscross applesauce, as we call it now. Um, I grew up at a time where it was called sitting Indian style, but that's that's a different message, a different story. But you get this picture of this person sitting that way and, you know, they're, mm, they're humming and all that kind of stuff. And and that's not what she's talking about. And that's not what scripture talks about when it tells us to meditate. Uh, Psalm chapter one is one of my favorite passages of scripture. And it talks about the blessed man. And it says that the blessed man delights himself in the law of the Lord. And on that law, he meditates day and night. So meditate on God's word. That just means to read a piece of it. Think about it, process it, ruminate on it, digest it, get it in your soul, get it in your heart and just process it. Reading scripture is a lifelong journey. It's not meant to be a quick thing, one and done, put the book on the shelf. It's a lifelong journey. And the way that we really internalize scripture is to meditate on it. And then as you heard me talk about before their interview, and then Kristen said it again in the interview, ladies, you are good enough. God created you on purpose and for a purpose. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Stop doubting that you are good enough. You are a good mom. You are a good wife. You are a good woman. You are good enough. And God is pleased with who you are. If you're keeping him first, if you're meditating on his word, he's pleased with who you are. Don't allow the enemy to come in and, and get you to focus on the things that you're not. Focus on what God's word says that you are. They also talked about Rashida talked about doing things. Uh, she says she likes to do things well and made me think about our value of excellence. And remember, excellence is giving God our very best in obedience to him over time. And so do things with excellence, ladies. Make sure that you're giving God your very best, whether your very best is in your workplace, it's in your home, just make sure that you're doing everything that you do as unto the Lord and not to men, because that's where your real reward comes from. It comes from God. It comes from your relationship with him. But ladies, as your pastor, I just want to encourage you. And I know I've said this probably 10 times now today. I just want to encourage you to know, that you are good enough. That God made you on purpose and for a purpose. That passage in in, um, in Genesis chapter two, I believe, is verse eighteen, where God said, "It's not good for man to be alone. Let us make a helper suitable for him." Sometimes we read that word "helper" and we think that what God is saying is that a woman is just here to serve man or, or just here to be beside or behind the man, and that's not what God is saying at all. When God made all of creation, He said that all of it was good until He saw that man was alone. So you were you were the completion of creation in a sense. God. Made made you to complete his good work. You're not just a simple helper. God really wanted a companion for man. And it's almost as though God said, "Okay, man, I've created you and I've given you some of my my character and some of my qualities. And now I'm going to create woman and give her some of my character and some of my qualities. And the two of you together will be the pinnacle of all of my creation. The two of you together will be will be the best part of all of my creation because the two of you combined are when it's really good. That's when the creation, this piece of my creation is really good. So women, don't doubt yourselves. God made you strong. He made you to be who you are. Don't try to change that. Don't feel like you need to be a man or to be more manly. And men don't feel like you need to be more feminine to get along in the world. I know our culture is really confused with some of this stuff right now, but God created male and female on purpose and for purpose. Let's walk faithfully in who he created us to be and experience God's best in our life. Amen. Church, I love you. I'm so thankful to just be able to be with you on this Sunday, on this Mother's Day. Again, happy Mother's Day to my mom and to my wife, uh, Rashida. Happy Mother's Day. And to all you moms out there, happy Mother's Day. But before I let you go, let me pray for you, church. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we're able to come each and every Sunday to gather in our homes, to worship you as family and as friends, uh, to just hear your word and to experience your word in a tangible way. Father, I pray that the word that you give to us would, would permeate our hearts, that it would take root and that you would be glorified in in our lives. Lord, I thank you for each and every mom that's watching this on Mother's Day. I pray that you would encourage them, that they are doing a good job, that they are a good mom, that they are a good woman. I pray for each woman that's watching, Lord, that you would remind them that they are fearfully and wonderfully made, Lord, that you created them in your image and your likeness and gave them dominion that we lost in the garden, but that we can gain back through Jesus Christ. If there is a person here who is not in a relationship with you, Jesus, I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would convict them of their sin, show to them their need for a savior and that you would draw them to your cross. You said if you be lifted up, you draw all men unto you. So I pray that you would draw them to the cross and that you would meet them there and that they would enter into a saving relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for who you've called and created us to be, that we are a city set on a hill, a light that cannot be hidden. Lord, I pray that you would use us in a powerful way for your kingdom and your glory. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Church.